All right. Welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work. This is a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's a podcast that's hosted by me, Kyle Skonawill, and my longtime friend from work, Robbie Earl. <sighs> Deep breath, exhale. <laughs> the craziness of the last two weeks is slowing down a little bit. How are you, dude? Wow. Wow. It's... uh. It's slowing down in this very, uh, like, <laughs> it's, it's, a. Uh, I don't even want to say calm before the storm because I like to think that it's not going to be a storm per se. That feels a, a, a little dark. Uh, we're in the eye is, of the storm where it's calm for a second. Yeah. It's about to get horrible again. <laughs> um, or at least, uh, crazy again, man, it has been. I, I think you said this earlier. I think the clearest indicator of how crazy it's been is that I was in Nashville, Ugh. the city where you live, at the same time that you were in Nashville. Oh! And did not even see you. No! I know. Let's just catch people up a little bit on our last two weeks individually because I think it's yeah. a story worth telling. Yeah. Uh, first of all, on the friends from work side, here's what happened on the screener. Okay. <laughs> Robbie and I are now what? Six screeners deep. Something like that. Yeah, and that sounds about right. Each one has been a little bit different. And so it's been hard to figure out what the exact trend's going to be. Uh, but the last like three or four have always been two weeks prior to the movie releasing. And so, mm -hmm. personally, I kind of plan some stuff for the week of the release because <laughs> that's usually a slow time for us because we have our stuff pre-recorded. Right. Uh, that also allows us to do a spoiler-free preview and all of that. And so, of course, this is the movie where after planning all that stuff and you have a surgery coming up and all this stuff, it turns out that the premiere is actually only one week before the actual movie releases and that because of my parents coming to town and all of this other stuff, you and I are not going to get out to Austin or LA to see it. So we had to watch it individually in our own towns. But what that meant was we didn't see it until the week of the release, which therefore gave us no time to record an initial reactions episode and a spoiler free preview episode. So I'm kind of hoping that today we can use this episode as a weird spoiler-free preview. Here's what I'm thinking. If you have seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, go back and listen to last week's episode. It's a must-catch. It's our initial reactions as we walked out of the theater. If mm -hmm. you have not seen the film yet, don't turn this off because we're going to keep this entirely spoiler-free, and this will operate as your spoiler-free preview a week <laughs> after the film released. But tell me about your two weeks, because it's worth talking about. Yeah, man. Uh, two weeks ago, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know where I was two weeks ago. <laughs> Were you I, alive? I, I, uh, it has been, it has been wild. Uh, so Candace, probably, I don't know, six months ago, maybe, uh, I think that's actually about right. Right around the time all the Ticketmaster drama was first happening, mm -hmm. uh, Candace 
well, I should say our friend Emily uh, literally had to take a day off work to sit at her computer and do whatever refreshing has to happen <laughs> to become a verified fan, I think is the terminology, uh, and therefore get access to the early sales for Taylor Swift tickets. It was like a, it's a wild thing, like all these hoops. And you jump through these hoops, I think just to get access to very expensive tickets. Like, it's not like you're you're doing all of this to be able to get some kind of free <laughs> or like prize ticket package. Uh, but sounds like my PS5 story. Yeah, n- yeah, no, that that's exactly right. I actually, I think I even said that at one point. <laughs> I was like, man, I can't imagine going through this amount of work for something on my own. And then I was like, actually, <laughs> do you remember we followed all those accounts <laughs> like PS5 oh, bot updates? <laughs> it was just the weirdest headspace to live in with all of the like PS5 account bros. I hate uh, it. <laughs> anyway, so she was successful. She was able to get tickets uh, to the Taylor Swift show in Nashville for me and Candace and her. And I, I think I've, I've said on here, I've always been a fan of Taylor Swift as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are certain eras of hers. I'm not, that, no pun intended, that I like more than others. But I was excited for the show. Uh, I was excited to go to the Nashville show. One, because I feel like it was kind of special in that I'm, I spent so much time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously where she kind of got her start. So it was just a fun way to do that. Uh, also, it was the first show that, because we saw her Friday night. So it was the first of three nights, three sold out nights at the Nissan in Nashville. Uh, Think about that for a second. How many wow. artists in the world can say that? And Which here's the thing. 210,000 people. Okay, I was going to say, <clears throat> Nissan sits probably 60 or 65,000. and She said 70 is what they had that night. Well, our, our y- night. well yeah, you're probably right because they can put seats on the field, uh, whereas an NFL game can't. So 70 right. doesn't, you know, doesn't sound crazy. But she did three nights in a row, not to mention the tickets were still hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. She probably yeah. legitimately could have done seven to ten nights in a row. Dude, it was... It was wild. And, and I mean, what's crazy too, to your, to your point is not like, there's a world where like, when you think about some of these people that will host shows in Vegas and stuff, you can, and I don't think that this detracts from what they're doing at all, but some of those folks can more or less like lock in a thing and do that every night. And there's definitely a, she's doing that for sure. I mean, like the cues are all there. It's like you, and, and they're, you know, blogs that have followed what she's doing in this set, but she's also changing things up here and there. She's bringing different openers. She's interacting with them in different ways. She's picking different songs for certain segments. And so one thing that was really fun for our shows, it was the first one that Phoebe Bridgers was joining her for. I'm also a big fan of hers. I've actually seen her live a few times. Hmm. So I didn't even, I wasn't like, I was excited about it, but I wasn't like freaking out. Cause I've seen her several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even that was just a totally different, like the energy that she was clearly feeling playing to a crowd of 70,000 people and, and people that 
that were excited to see her, you know, which is not always the case with opening acts. And so she was there. She brought Boy Genius out, which was crazy. And then she came back out and played with Taylor at one point. Matt Healy was there, uh, the lead singer of the 1975. There were also apparently rumors that they're dating. I learned so much about pop culture gossip <laughs> this past weekend that I did not know before. Uh, but long story short, it was incredible. If you get a chance to go uh, see that that tour, it is really something else. I, I truly, I was reading, I was trying to not read what the set list was going to be or anything like that because I don't like to do that before shows. Uh, but I had read a couple of, you know, spoiler-free reviews. Uh, <laughs> I guess. And um, people were comparing it to, like, Springsteen, like these kind of like three hour epic shows where it just keeps going. And like, how does she even have a voice? Dude, it's, I don't know. I mean, there, I know that there's, you know, some tricks you can do to try to get some support from backup singers. And, but like, there were a lot of songs where like some, some of my favorite moments were just her at a piano or her at a a guitar. And yeah, even the talking. And the, yeah, and the talking. It's crazy. And so, and so many of those songs are are like kind of shouty, anthemic pop songs, right? So it's like there's a lot. She's having to do a lot. There's a lot of range being covered. Uh, it's It was really I, – I came away very impressed with her as a creator. Because I think one of the things that I love so much about Taylor <laughs> Swift that I think we'll come back to later with James Gunn actually – Oh, wow. Uh, see, wow. transition. Um, Come for the Guardians review. Stay for the Taylor Swift <laughs> spoiler-free preview. It's one of those things where whatever you think about her uh, and, and whether you're a fan of her music or not, I, I do – one of the things that's always drawn me to her as a creator is how much she infuses all of the – everything she does with her own vision. Like it's like not only does she write on every song that she – releases you also see how much she puts into the vibe of the marketing the set production when you come to like the actual tour she directs the music videos which i think are often of middling quality but she directs them you know and she like writes them and is involved and i think that that's just a it's super impressive to me both the level of talent that that takes but also I think that I just, it makes it feel like what you're getting from her, even as a kind of top tier mega pop star, still kind of feels intimate in a way. Like it still feels like a true reflection of what she's created and what she's trying to share. And that, I think that is what draws people to folks like James Gunn, like these writers and directors that, Again, even if not everything, like what we've talked about with like Guardians 2, like even if not everything hits, there's a level of just, it feels good to be watching something that doesn't feel like it was created by a committee. Like it's not a song that has 12 different writers and producers on it. You know, even if Max Martin and or Disney still filters the product through to some degree. Uh, So that was really fun. 
I the thing is, hear when, the Taylor Swift show from my house. So my whole neighborhood oh was texting man. about it, that if you went outside, you could hear it. I live miles from downtown. Insane. <laughs> Anyways, I, well, and okay, other things too. Here we go. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, really the, the other major thing is just on top of that and Guardians coming out, which, you know, given the nature of this podcast becomes a somewhat significant week in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not know when we planned that trip. Well, I don't think we knew that I was ever going to have to have a <laughs> yeah. rib removed, period. <laughs> but we definitely didn't know that I was going to have to have it removed uh, the Tuesday after that trip. We we thought uh, not long ago that it was going to be another week from now, so there would be a little bit more breathing room. So we actually wound up having to come back a little bit early and try to get prepped and get through some work and get everything ready uh, in time for me to get to the hospital at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And... Uh, if you're listening to this two days ago, so yeah, 5 a.m. Tuesday, uh, man, I hope it goes so well. Everyone will be thinking of you tomorrow, a.k.a. two days ago <laughs> uh, when they're hearing <laughs> this. But yes, time travel. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool, though, because I'm going to have this like uh, you can kind of see the if, for the video viewers there, the little the little scar there. I'm going to I'm actually going to. And I think I'm serious here. I'm going to have to talk to my surgeon tomorrow morning and emphasize to him that I I do, in fact, have OCD and that if he does the exact same surgery on this side and <laughs> be the dumb. scar is not in <laughs> oh, the yeah, same yeah. position, <laughs> it is something that I will think about every time I look in the mirror <laughs> for the rest of my life. So just... You know, they're you actually <laughs> will bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I do. Uh, hope yeah, it goes here we well. are. Yeah, and for if you've missed a few episodes, Robbie also bought a house. So oh, going yeah. through True. that oh, as yeah. well, which we closed on a week ago. Your screener was in Austin with Jacoby. Did you get a chance to go a second time already with Candace, or you've just seen it one time? I didn't. I yeah. was. Okay. I was going to. Uh, I was going to try to do it either last night or tonight. And it came down to seeing it. Well, one, I have to be there super early tomorrow. Yeah, right. And I just couldn't, I couldn't swing a later show. And I wanted to be able to sit down and uh, talk with you like we're doing here. Yeah. But my, my hope is that, uh, I mean, Candace still hasn't seen it, which is kind of crazy because these are movies that she, that she really loves. We did a a kind of uh, just gun guardians marathon last weekend or two weekends ago and she was actually uh like i floated that idea and she seized on it and was actually excited about let's go that so i think she's excited to see it um just and so part of me yeah well part of me wonders if she may even wind up going uh with friends while i'm in (laughs) recovery mode incapacitated uh, but I do really, this is one that I'm, this is one I'm excited to see again. It was really fun seeing it with Jacoby. Yeah. Um, I've never, that. I've never had, like, I've never gotten to, to take him to one of these. I've never, I don't even know that I've gotten to really sit down and watch a, a Marvel movie with him, even with how involved he's been, 
at how much he and I have talked about them when we're talking about Easter eggs and all that stuff for the, the artwork. Uh, but it was all, it was fun because he loved it. Like he just genuinely had a blast. He was like sobbing the whole time. Like, Oh, or at least the last like, half hour. I didn't know like, that. Which I, I don't think he would mind me saying because he he had he told everybody <laughs> after <laughs> the fact. Um and uh I love it. Yeah, I mean he just had such a like great reaction. He said what I feel like I've heard a lot of people say, which is that it was his favorite movie uh that Marvel has put out since No Way Home, and he said he might even like it more than No Way Home. So our discord is super high on it as well. Again, we'll talk about this here in a second, but that's, that was the the big takeaway for me that night. And it's why I'm really excited for folks that haven't seen it yet. Like Candace to go see it is it. There's just, there was such a fun energy in our, in our theater. Cause I felt like that was pretty indicative hmm. of everyone's response. Like it's just a movie that I think, it's like what you and I always talk about with the best, like the the best version of the classic blockbuster, like the Spielberg style, mm. like give you the the like fist pump moments, but also give you the heart and just the spectacle in a way that's this that's is done our imaginatively. You're spoiler free previewing it right now. You gotta wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fun. Okay, good. What. What has your last uh, insane two weeks been like, Kyle? Um, well, I didn't have a Taylor Swift concert, so that's tough to follow up. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we found out that the screener was going to be later. My parents came into town. We were working on that friendly reminder, which, by the way, you can still check out on YouTube if you haven't seen it. That takes me a lot, a lot of time because I got to capture. I think I captured yep. eighty-two clips from the Jeez. Guardians films, um, and then the Saga so far stuff. So we were working on that, but then, like I said, I had this incredible golf vacation planned with buddies like eight months ago. Anytime you get three guys together that have kids under the age of three, you have to plan this so far out. So we planned that we were going to go to North Georgia, shout out Georgia. Mm -hmm. And we did three days of just golfing. We stayed at mansions. It's a long story. But we, we stayed at our friend's mansion and like, I'm talking the biggest mansion you've ever seen with a full blown movie theater. And so we, we took advantage. I watched, Jeez. uh, Hustle. It's this Adam Sandler basketball movie. Oh, I heard that movie's actually kind of good. It's pretty fun. A great movie to watch post a golf round uh, at night in a movie theater at someone's house. Uh, just yeah. so much fun. And given the stress of the season, very, very life-giving. Plus, I played a golf course in Blue Ridge, Georgia called Old Tacoa Farm, which, if you know my rankings, was like an 8.0, which is really high. Like, wow. I will be back. I will travel there. So if you're in the area and you're into golf, check out Old Tacoa Farm. It's public, but it had a very special, like, private vibe. So that was literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I booked that tea time Wednesday morning so that I could drive back to Nashville, pick up Annika, and go right to the theater. So went right from there without dropping my stuff off to guardians of the galaxy felt like a king 
because Marvel, again, had a reserve seat, which was incredible in this huge, yeah. long line. I saw it at the Nashville Opry Mills IMAX, which is the biggest IMAX I've ever seen. It's uh, it's wall-to-wall of crystal clear picture and the best sound, <laughs> like bass that literally rattles your chest. Mm. So like when John Murphy had these synth basses, you know, big moments yeah. with the score, you actually, your chest is like caving in, and I love it. <laughs> So much, so I had such a visceral reaction to the movie because of that. I think get a rib removed. I'm gonna have to. Maybe I had one already removed from the base. <laughs> so that was Wednesday. But then you know how this goes. Like you and I, Chad, for ten minutes Wednesday night in the car. I did a TikTok in the car, previewing this. Went to bed. Then you and I got up, recorded that whole episode Thursday morning. I then had to edit the whole day that Thursday to get it out in time for it coming out for everybody else that night absolutely insane and yeah it's just been crazy so i'm gonna quick also say while all that's going on there's a business side of this too behind the scenes one trying to get these new shirts from nerd riot like i'm wearing right now which is pretty look at this can you see this if you're watching that's nice. Do you kind of like nice. the salmon pink? I kind of like I the just, pink. I got the same one. Did I, you really? Like, in the same color. Well, I just have so many dark shirts, so I thought I'm going pink this time. I did but, also get, I said this last time, but I did also get the dark side of the galaxy one. So yeah. that, I, I did light and dark. Well, and I did too. I did a dark uh, black Groot uh, Nirvana. Uh, but check check this out. Like, see his face? Yeah. It looks pretty good. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, that took some effort. Um and then on top of that, I'm trying to get our Guardians of the Galaxy theme shirt out to people, which just to show you how much I'm pushing things to the end of the uh, uh, to the wire here, down to the wire. I was going to get them all out today, but UPS, uh, USPS pushed it back one day. So now I'm not getting the shirts till tomorrow, which is unfor- unfortunate because I'm going to Dallas for the week for a golf work. So I am now taking my printer and my merch stuff home. I'm wow. going to pre-package everything, and I'm going to task Annika with filling the orders and getting wow. them to the USPS because I want people to get these shirts before it's too late. But that's literally how busy it's been. It's been absolutely insane. It's just been uh, it's been insane. Are, are we are we still accepting orders for those? Yes, but I pre-ordered and I overshot the amount of people that bought it by a little bit. So there's a chance now that I've gotten some more orders that I might be out of your size. And okay. I wouldn't reorder until um, we got enough of that size. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I'm, I, will, I will say that I saw Jacoby. Yeah, you saw one. Well, he came to our showing um, wearing the first test print of the shirt. Yeah. Uh, on a different color because I think it was just the whatever shirt they had to test the screen printing on. Uh but it looked, it looked pretty good. I'm pretty stoked about it. <laughs> it looked pretty good. So hopefully, again, you're listening to this on Thursday. Hopefully the shirts are on uh, on their way, in the mail, already to you. That's my Wow. Hope. And if not, then by early next week you'll have them. I want to say two last things, then we're going to jump into a quick, real tight episode here. Spoiler-free preview of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I just want to say, you know, we do on Friends from Work Plus these other things we're excited about, in quotes, type episodes. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple things that I wanted to share. So this is bringing a little bit of Friends from Work Plus over here. Uh, wow. One, 
on top of all that stuff I've been doing, I am working on some of my favorite music I've ever worked on. And it's giving me so much life. And I wanted to tell you that because you would be jealous. If you heard some of the strings I've been working with, you would be like, gosh, I miss making music like this. Uh, I'm making a single for somebody that I just got the violin back today. And it literally blew my mind. Like we're talking, I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to you. You It's the coolest sounding strings ever. But last Friday we had our initial reactions episode come out. I had a song that I worked on with a different artist come out and I had a song from my own band come out. So yeah, which showed up on my, uh, my release radar. Yes. So on the music front, just some stuff that's really bringing me joy. And uh, I'll post links to some of this stuff as it comes out in the future. And then secondly, did you see that they finally dropped an Oppenheimer trailer, a full three-minute trailer? And, oh, my gosh, I have chills just thinking about it. I watched it today in my car as soon as I saw it come out. Holy cow, Robbie. That will be a screensaver episode, and we will probably end up doing a – uh, like an Inception or Interstellar or something or Dunkirk yeah. rewatch uh, for a screensaver plus episode for anybody yeah. on tier two or above. But did you I see have, it? Holy cow. I Okay, so I saw that it released. I have not actually had a second to stop and watch it. Oh, uh, Robbie, it will bring you so much joy. I'm really excited. I, I And I'm really excited that you brought that up about screensaver plus there because I think this is when we really start to see the the fruit of of mm-hmm. what we've been dreaming um, for Friends from Work Plus 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, for a while, I mean, almost a year now, have been talking yes. about different things, some of these projects that are coming out and how we wanted to approach them. And so, yeah, man, I, you and I have been talking. It is going to be a huge summer. I'm actually really, really grateful that the Marvels got pushed like it did Hmm. because it's such a crazy summer for blockbusters. And I think it's going to be really, really fun to have a second to delve into all these other really excellent franchises. Like, I know that every summer has blockbusters, but not every summer has a Christopher Nolan film with the kind of cast this has, let alone Mission Impossible, a Fast and Furious movie, uh, oh. Candace is reminding me. I uh, do not care. Although I do feel like <laughs> almost every summer has one of those now. Yes, so that is not... <laughs> are they on number 11? 10? I think it's... I think it's 10. It's the end I have seen of, zero. It's the end of total. the beginning of the of the road. Is that is that the tagline? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, the, the beginning of the end of the road that okay. there it is the beginning of the end of the road. Uh, well, it just did my heart so good to see Robert Downey Jr. Posting about something again in film. And, uh, yeah, well, he's in Oppenheimer and, and he looks so old in a good way, yeah. in a good way. Uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited show. for that because he's one of those actors that had such an illustrious career prior to, to working as Tony Stark and, I, and obviously did incredible work, maybe the, the best work we've gotten so far within the MCU still. And I feel like has, has not, not for lack of the talent, but I just, I don't think we've really gotten to see him shine, uh, since those, I, I don't know, since like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Well, and so I'm okay, really pumped to see him in a role like that. Yeah. Okay. But don't, like, well, sorry, don't belittle. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, don't belittle Endgame or Iron Man. No, one. no, said, okay, obviously. Okay. I mean, I'm here. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. outside of outside of that context. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but you brought up the summer. This is maybe the first time ever on this podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, that we are actually getting a structure built out for what the rest of the year could even look like. We are finally mm-hmm. scheduling that far in advance. And actually we're both stoked about that. That's not like a burden. It actually frees us up. Um, I think after doing this for enough years, we're now starting to get a feel for what the rhythm looks like around the Marvel project around secret invasion Mm -hmm. that we'll probably have a screen or two in three weeks, two weeks, which is crazy. Um, but then also what the quote unquote Marvel off season looks like and how that works with friends from work plus. And I'm really stoked. Like you said, yeah. Not only Secret Invasion and how good Guardians was, and I'm looking forward to the Marvels and Loki. All that stuff is going to be awesome for this year, but also, yeah, the Indiana Jones film, Into the Mm Spider-Verse, Oppenheimer, Fast and the Furious, not, but uh, Mission Impossible, (laughs) which Mission Impossible is actually the film that a year ago, when we started thinking about this, kicked off all of this. Like Mission Impossible is kind of the origin story of Screensaver, really, right? Like that's what got us thinking about we need to talk about some other stuff too. So that's probably my most anticipated with Oppenheimer being second. I don't know. Anyways, I wanted to bring that up because that's another thing that's bringing me joy right now. The music I'm working on and the movies that are coming out and what that could look like for us. Okay. This is going to be a quick episode, but if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we're going to talk to you about it. Uh, Spoiler-free, of course, here in a second after a quick word from these sponsors. Be sure to check out our friends at nerdriot.shop. They have a bunch of new stuff, including a whole new Guardians of the Galaxy line, some new Star Wars stuff. If you are into nerd merchandise, nerdriot.shop is the place to be. And it benefits you, it benefits us, and it benefits them if you tell them that we sent you by using our promo code FRIENDSFROMWORK to save 15% off any item you order on their shop. And if you need help finding that nerdriot.shop, Click the referral link in the show notes below, and you can get a shirt as cool as this one that I'm wearing right here, this Star-Lord shirt, nerdriot.shop, promo code friends from work. And if you are getting stoked on Guardians, you haven't seen it, or you have seen it and want more, check out Organic Priced Books. If you are a Friends from Work Plus subscriber, or if you're thinking about becoming one, then by the time you're listening to this episode... Our Comics Corner readings will be announced for this, and some of them will draw from this massive Adam Warlock omnibus that I was able to snag from the folks at OPB. And this has been one of the real talk about things that get us excited. One of the things that's I've I've never read a lot of these old issues, and I sometimes go back and forth on whether to recommend older comics because they tend to turn certain folks off. These are some that I think are going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So. Uh, If you want to join in on that or you just want to get any kinds of comics that aren't even Guardians, there are a ton at Organic Price Books, and they are really insanely well-priced and really good quality, and it is the best possible way you can get a physical comics collection. So go to OrganicPriceBooks.com, use promo code FRIENDSFROMWORK, and you will get even more of a discount off of that order. And same thing there. If you want a link to help you find it, check the show notes. You can click on that directly and that will let them know that we sent you. Also, 
If you haven't gotten a chance, check out our episode called Announcing Friends from Work Plus 2.0. We are super excited about this bonus content that we can give you all. Bonus content, including the comic book club that Robbie was referring to, Screensaver Plus, like we were referring to just a second ago, merchandise discount codes for all this cool stuff that I'm talking about and the new shirts we have coming, and a much, much more, a ton of stuff over on Friends from Work Plus 2.0. You can find that by going to our Patreon or our Substack page or by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have questions about any of that, go to our website, theffwpodcast.com, and you can find more information there on Friends from Work Plus 2.0. All right, like I said earlier, we missed the spoiler-free preview episode, which many people brought to our attention. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We didn't know that that many people liked that part of it. And so we're going to give you a little taste of that right now. Robbie... I think my lasting impression of my first viewing of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I got to say, I'm going to Dallas this week for work where I'll be alone, and I will probably see it a second time this week and be able Love to reflect that. on it a little bit more. But if you didn't listen to last week's episode, our big takeaway is we both loved it. Robbie called me night of, and you sounded as excited as maybe I did post No Way Home. Like it's been that long where the the conversation was that energetic night of, and I love it. Like anytime Robbie matches my level of excitement, that's when you know we have a good thing going. If I can get Robbie up, I love it. And especially when we're not together, right? Because like we, we still, you know, and this will be such an interesting thing to unpack as the, as the future unfolds, but we had so much fun at Quantumania Yes. Uh, when we saw it together in L.A. And then, you know, obviously that wound up being a very polarizing film. I still uh, like it, by the way, but yes. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of us being apart and then calling and having that kind of excitement, I don't know that that's happened since. Ever. Because yeah, we were yeah. together for a lot of the others. The other one we were separate was Eternals, and I don't think we had the same energy post Eternals. Right, right. Crazy. It reminded me of uh, of of like our call after Far From Home way back. Oh yes, or even though we were together, it felt the same as our energy from Black Widow too. That first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, that is one thing I learned. It's not as fun not being with you. I think like it's just fun to share in that moment together. We can get so yeah. much done, and I. I really like it. So I'm going to try to prioritize either LA or Austin or Atlanta or whatever with you. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that's been so fun is to just now see the reaction. Cause last week's episode, we didn't have any reaction as always. So we didn't know. Right. But now to see that it has like a 95% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and a mid eighties, I think critic score, which in today's day and age is now becoming very good. Right. I think it's just been really fun to kind of have the collective moment view the MCU positively again. Am I crazy? Like, it's just been fun to have a week where everyone's kind of like excited about it again. Yeah. Well, and I I think that what I love, and this is me as a, as a, genuine fan even operating maybe a little bit differently than me as a podcast host here. It's fun when there's a lot of forward momentum in the MCU 
which is to say, like what we always talk about at the end of, of the Infinity Saga, when it's like every bit of information you get, it feels like you're kind of hurtling towards something. And that's one of the things that I think was really fun about Quantumania for the people that enjoyed that. And honestly, I think even the people that didn't, in, the things that people didn't enjoy about the movie, I I don't think impacted how much a lot of folks enjoyed the introduction of Kang and and maybe even more so just the introduction of a through line, of what they perceived to be a through line. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to belittle that, especially, again, from a Friends From Work perspective, it's really fun to kind of have that theorizing speculation stuff, even just mm-hmm. within the community. Um, that's energizing in a way. But I think just as a straight MCU fan, it also, I, I love how little of the positive energy you're talking about has ah, to do with that here. Yes. Like, because there's there's really none of that. I mean, like, and I, I don't even think that's a spoiler because James Gunn has kind I of see. come out ahead saying, like, it's a pretty isolated thing. And I think really, if you take, if you take infinity war and Endgame just out of the mix, and you look at what James Gunn has done with these characters, aside from the role Thanos plays in the very first film, there is almost no connectivity with the rest of the MCU. Like, it's like he's doing sure. his, he's telling his own, and I don't, I think isolated is too negative of a word. I think it's, it's just focused and it's, it's more intimate and he's not trying to balance too many competing concerns. Hmm. And so I like that it just, this is, it's not me saying I like that kind of movie over another or whatever, but I do love that it's a focus just on how good the storytelling can be how fun the universe can be to just live in. And it was like, it felt to me like it, I just, I loved kind of being immersed in the MCU for a couple hours after that movie. That is a fascinating point that you had not brought up before. You're a hundred percent right. Because as a podcast host, there are almost two sides of this. Even the movies that are not well-received can sometimes give us a ton to talk about, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where it's like right. we have on one side of it our reaction as fans, and then on the other side of it, like, oh, my goodness, what does this mean for Wanda? Where is Doctor Strange going to go after this? Like, what about his relationship with Christine? Is the multiverse now officially cracked open? Like, what could they mm-hmm. do with that? How, you know what I mean? There's so many things. This movie actually has very little of that. And that's not even a bad thing. You're right. It's kind of more the positive reaction is just from us as fans being like, wow, what a great story from these characters. So what's weird is when we sat down to record last week's episode in the morning at like seven in the morning, we both were like, I don't even really know necessarily what to talk about outside of it was just really good. And this was really funny. Mm -hmm. And this was well done. And this looked amazing. There wasn't a ton of the other side of it, but that's okay. And because the guardians are like you said, isolated is maybe too harsh of a word, but because they are their own thing, Mm -hmm. it was a good ending to that own thing. That's basically the takeaway. Yeah. It looks good. It sounds good. 
It's well acted. It's well mm-hmm. written. It's funny. It's very emotional. It's dark. It's mm, more yeah, gr- yeah. more gruesome than anything the MCU has ever done. Yeah. It has a good soundtrack, and it's all of those things, and yet it still is a fitting conclusion to the trilogy that James Gunn started. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to me it is the it's the marriage of of what I love the most about Guardians One and what I thought Guardians Two did so well, and which is not me saying that I think it's it's better than Guardians One. One, the further I go, the you know the more comfortable I am just not having to to necessarily rank things anyway sure. but even still it's just hard because one introduces a, a whole concept <laughs> but i think whenever i look back at those i'm like well the first one has this kind of sleek sort of sexiness to it it's like a mysterious uh like this band of space marauders coming together and and you can't really figure out what their motivations are and how it's going to work and then it does and it's so sort of delightful and then volume two, I think what what we both love about it is how well it does some of the emotional stuff that it does. Like the, the Yondu moment, some of the rocket moments around that. And so this really did give me both of those. Like it, it gave me like the things that I thought volume two maybe veered away from and that even to some degree, Infinity War and Endgame veered away from that I really loved about the Guardians as they were first presented. I thought we got back in really creative and really compelling ways and and, and believable ways. Like, I think it it's hard to do that too, right? Like when you have this group of characters that's gone through not just as much within the plot, but the number of creators that they've now been handed off between... I I can be the initial ranking guy from now on if you want to. We'll always <laughs> come back to an official Friends from Work ranking in our reflection episodes a while after the film releases. Mm-hmm. But I am starting to like just telling people what my gut told me on the way out of the theater. And I said for this one, something in like the 7 to 11 range feels really right for me now. And Mm -hmm. when you talk about the Guardians 1 comparison, what's fascinating is as we get further and further away from these films, if you're actually trying to rank them, you're going to have to start coming up with a, and I mean you just like generically, not you specifically, but you have to start coming up with a, how well does it age and how well does Like, did it do for the time or not? Like, are you factoring the time period or not? Because, like, for example, let's just, like, Empire Strikes Back. Everyone says is the best Star Wars ever. I think Rogue One, as just a film, does a ton of stuff even better. I think there's stuff with the music that's cool. I think some of the acting is better. If not all the acting is better. The visuals are far better. But are you saying, is it it LeBron James or Michael Jordan, right? Is it the greatest or is it the best? Like, are you saying that, Mm. like... For the time, though, The Empire Strikes Back had a way bigger impact on film than Rogue One's going to have for its time. And so Mm -hmm. do you factor that in with Guardians 1 or not? That's up to you. I always like to say, like, are you in the realm? Are you in the ballpark? Like, this movie is good enough to me that I think it's in that top tier, like, 
maybe bottom of the top tier. But if you told me that you like it more than Guardians one, I'm it's not mm-hmm. blasphemous. That's fine. Like yeah. you're in the tier now. I can have the conversation. You're in the room. So that's where I say, like, okay, as long as you don't if you have this like 25th, like to each his own, but I would mm-hmm. I would argue, you know, a lot of things on that, on that front. But yeah. but if you're in that range, I think we're having a similar conversation regardless. I personally think that Guardians one has aged incredibly well and is a little bit more like that sleek thing is a little bit more like the Iron Man one thing for me, Mm -hmm. like a little, it's a little bit, don't think it's the wrong way, a little bit less than this film. Yeah. And I think I, I like how that sat with me and I still do want to rewatch. So I think I favor guardians one, but we're talking like guardians one is like four or five. And this is like eight or nine. And in my opinion, this is so far better than anything outside of No Way Home that we've gotten since Endgame. Yeah. No, I, and I think, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to to talk about that. Like one, one conversation I want to have not today is now that we have gotten some more, not just with this, but with Quantumania, with No Way Home, we've gotten some more trilogies you know, under the MCU's belt than than we had for a while, and some that felt like they were trying to be more more final installments of a trilogy. Like even with Spider Man, yes, I think we're getting another Spider Man film. I still think No Way Home was the close to a trilogy, to a particular trilogy. Uh, I don't think we got that as much with Civil War. I don't even know that we got for that sure. as much with Ragnarok in certain ways. Pause really quickly. You're right. That's another conversation we have to have. Because you're right. I think the Captain America trilogy, in my opinion, is maybe slightly above the Guardians trilogy. But when you view it as an isolated trilogy, probably not. Because Civil War is not, (laughs) it's not a Captain America closure. Right. Yeah. Well, and I like there are ways, you know, and and again, that's why I can't even, I don't even want to get into it now in part because I I would want to talk about spoiler (laughs) stuff, but no, I mean, I think there, there are certain, it's, it's just a fascinating thing to trace certain themes that they tend to explore kinds of loss, kinds of renewal. And, and I, I like that. And I like being able to trace that, but I also just, this is one, this is one, maybe I think more than any other, MCU trilogy. And and I think that makes sense. Like it feels very, very, very cohesive to me. Like it makes, like, I think that you could spend, like, it it almost feels like the Lord of the Rings trilogy in that it's like designed to be watched like one, two, three to some extent. Now, obviously they're different in that there aren't several projects that occur in universe between the two towers and Return of the King. Sure. But it like, it feels and and that's, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm really impressed by that because of how hard it is. Like, you look at these other trilogies, like, we love Civil War. We love Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. They had some competing concerns that they had to balance that I think would, would make it to where, well, that and the fact that the first two Thor movies would We're, definitely bring that median yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. But, like, there's a, this is one where it just. Thor Dark World. Thor Dark World. We have to say uh, it. Sorry. 
Brings it high, though, you mean. Yeah, contractually like, obligated to bring it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, so, haven't brought, yeah, I, you haven't brought up Love and Thunder yet. Can you, can you just true. say Love and Thunder real quick? Well, that's another conversation we'll have <laughs> okay, to get okay, into, okay, though, okay, is okay. the four, is that that's our only fourth one. Uh, I, there's so much to talk about here in terms of the, the effect that Bob Iger coming back and kind of what he's been trying to institute may or may not have on this and future projects on the different kind of mutterings about uh, Victoria Alonso and what role she played with certain VFX things. And I, I mean, I think it's in some ways, you know, Gunn is, is this is his departure from Marvel. He's heading to DC. There's a lot of buzz around the flash movie. I think that, that we're sort of for the first time in a while entering this phase where like, it reminds me of 2012 a little bit hmm. of like, okay, like, Marvel's gotten, for the first time in years, a couple of films that were not critically well-received. And there is some level of, of buzz around the DC film in a way that there hasn't been since maybe, maybe Wonder Woman 1984. But even that was, it was such a, like, that was so poorly received that I think it was kind of a splash of cold water. So I, I think that it's going to be, fascinating to see how all this plays out i my my final thoughts for now i i said this right after the film and i think i stand by it um i do think it's one of the best mcu films now granted there are a lot of them now so i don't you know take that as you will but i do think it's i think it's one of the best and i think it is certainly uh in the top two that we've gotten since since Endgame. Um, and I see myself re-watching this one quite a bit. Here are my final thoughts in closing. One, I legitimately think you brought up two or three episodes worth of conversations I'd like to have. I also tweeted about the trilogy thing. That's an entire episode in and of itself. Let's analyze each trilogy you can even rank, well, you know, what's the best trilogy in the MCU? Because that's a fascinating discussion now that we have mm -hmm. finished Spider-Man, Guardians, Ant-Man, Thor, you know, Captain America, Iron Man. You have a lot of candidates with totally yeah. different perspectives on what a trilogy is. So that would be a fun conversation. Yes, I also think it'd be fun to just do a snapshot of the moment that is the MCU and DC and, and culturally – uh, Bob Iger, all that stuff. That's another episode. What mm -hmm. does that look like? Where is it going? Um, and again, we may have time for that this summer, those kind of things. Yeah. My closing thing is, man, well, two things here, uh, part, part one and part two. First of all, I understand the irony of what I'm about to say, but I really think it would be fun as a culture. And if you're listening to this podcast to start changing our mindset a little bit back away from the sports radio thing that we talked about with Jeff Loveness, the, the hypercritical, I have to review quote unquote, every movie. I think it would do us yeah. good to start slowly. And again, I understand the irony of being a podcast about this slowly start changing our mind back towards just being able to be a fan of these things and just enjoy them instead of mm -hmm. watching the movie and, like trying to find things that you like or don't like or what worked and what didn't work. And I get it. We do that. Right. But in general, 
When Robbie and I go to that first viewing, we try to remove that part of our brain and just go like, man, we're at a Marvel movie again. Like, remember what this used to feel like? And I yeah. really hope our audience can do that with a movie like this because I almost think sometimes we're missing some payoff if you're not able to do that. Like, you're missing some of the moment that I just don't think culturally was there in 2012, 14, like when Guardians 1 came out, yeah, 16. Yeah. I don't even think we were doing this until... <laughs> 2017, 18, like right. it's a newer fad. So I really encourage you to, if you haven't seen this, go watch the movie and just genuinely have fun. If you like the characters, if you like guardians, if you like Marvel and if you like superhero movies or just good stories, then just go in, find a good theater, a good environment, take someone that you want to see it with and just have fun. And then mm -hmm. go to dinner afterwards and just talk about it and, and, and how like the stuff you loved and let's share in that joy together. So that's my last plea. If you're going to watch a movie like this, the whole thing yeah. is built on yeah. you being moved emotionally and having fun. And I think not to start this tangent, quantum media was just kind of like, uh, you know, quantum media took the bullet, you know, it came out the worst time for this. Kind I of do thing wonder. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. My last part B of this final thought is just, I've never had to say this before uh, for a Marvel film, but I legitimately think I need to give a little bit of a warning mm. about a few triggering things probably in the film. So if you haven't yeah. seen Guardians 3, yeah. it is the most adult film in the MCU. It is dealing with some darker and heavier concepts than we've mm -hmm. really ever had. And it is more grotesque. It's not, it's not Suicide Squad, but it is more than we've ever had. Like we said that before, uh, Multiverse of Madness, but this is a step mm -hmm. beyond that. This has now Agreed. gone further. And there is some, um, there are some triggering animal torture type scenes. So if that is something that really bothers you, I still think you could watch it, but just be prepared that there are some darker darker elements there. So I want you to go have fun and be moved emotionally, yes. but just be aware that this is more adult. And maybe this is the first time we've had to say, like, think about who you take to the film uh, with you. Although the flip side of that is, I think this is the first guardians film where we've had a truly great in that a truly terrifying villain. So, and that's another thing I want to talk about in our reflection. Uh, this is the villain that, like we've had a lot of good villains in the MCU and a mm -hmm. lot that you kind of like resonate with, you know, or like, Hey, right. Like they're doing all this bad stuff, but they also have a, a point here, you know, or like I see their yeah. side. Yeah. You definitely don't see this guy's side, but this is the villain that I've most wanted to actually punch in the face myself. Like yeah. this will be the most you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I need them to stop him right now <laughs> that you felt in a long time. Is that fair to say? Like oh, as yeah. you're watching, you're yeah. like, I, really dislike this guy. Like, oh my gosh, I dislike him more than I've ever felt about like Ronin or ego or anything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> that's what makes it, I mean, that's, yeah, that's it. And that's the, it's such a, like, I, I love that it, Gunn can create a villain that is more complex, I think, than both of those. Uh, but the complexity doesn't, doesn't mean, oh, like we're just going to give him a tragic backstory. Yeah, like empathy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not the typical tragic backstory. Good point. It's, man, I, yeah, I, I'm really, I mean, there's a lot going on talking about, about 
his performance and a lot of stuff we have to get into in, in the future in terms of kind of the rumors that are going on. Um, also, last plug here, if you are curious about some of the rumors that are going on, one thing that is a recent addition uh, with Friends From Work, we do have a weekly newsletter that's now going out on Substack. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll get it there as well. But the easiest way to get it if you are not a Friends From Work Plus subscriber, or you can also be that through Substack. But either way, we have a free newsletter that's going out every week with some thoughts from us. And then also a really great, really helpful MCU news roundup segment, really kind of entertainment uh, news roundup uh, that our Discord moderator-in-chief, uh, Greg Arnold, is putting together for us. So if you are missing out on some of that with all the craziness that's been going on, I know we haven't gotten to do many news check-ins, uh, that is going to be your surest way to always be up to date with what's going on. The newsletter's legit. I actually just told my wife about it today, and I said, hey, she's trying to get off social media as part of like a cleanse, and I'm like, hey, the best thing to do now is just subscribe to the newsletter because once a week you'll get caught up on all this stuff, and Greg yeah. does a great job with the rumors, and uh, you do a good job, and it's been fun to have guest people write, me and uh, Pete and Candace. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, yeah, check that out for sure. So here's the deal. Like I said... Robbie is now post-surgery. If you're listening to this, he's recovering. I am traveling. We kind of are going to totally regroup next week. He'll be feeling a little bit better. I'll be back home. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, Robbie's got a schedule that is coming together for us for the rest of this summer and hopefully the rest of the year. What that means for Friends from Work Plus and what content we can give you over there and uh, catching up on our rewatch of the MCU, which... Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. These kind of discussions we just talked about, a reflection, uh, maybe talking with John Murphy, the composer of Guardians of the Galaxy yes. Volume 3, a reflection of Guardians, and then a preview of Secret Invasion, maybe a saga so far there, or maybe a friendly reminder there, and then also the tie-in to the rest of the summer with Screensaver and Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible, and blah, blah. So we're going to have that all scheduled out for you guys dun, dun, next dun, dun. week. <laughs> Thank Every you time. for your patience. Go watch Guardians, enjoy it, and then next week we're going to regroup. We'll be right back here, here on Friends From Work. Let's go. Let's go.